Hi, and welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, and in today's solo episode, I'll be sharing ideas to help declutter and organize your toys, storage solutions, and how to get your kids involved to help keep the space organized. So if you're wanting to reduce the overwhelm of toy clutter in your home, then this episode is for you. Welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, wellness and organizational coach and yin and nidra yoga instructor. This podcast will help you create more time using organizational strategies so that you can start to simplify your life and prioritize your health. I'll be sharing conversations with other health and organizational experts and solo episodes with tips to help you simplify your life and prioritize your health. So thanks for joining me for today's solo episode about ideas to help declutter and organize your toys, some storage solutions, and I'll also share three gamification ideas to help you get your kids involved that I use with kids when I'm in the classroom and it's to keep the space in the classroom organized as well as I've used it with my own children over the past few years. So let's start with the problems with toy clutter. Just visualize the toy room or a space that you have most of your toys and every single toy is out all over the floor. The boxes are all empty and basically your child's walked in and gone, ah, I've got nothing to play with today. And they come back to you saying, I don't know what to do. It is so overwhelming for not only us as adults, but also for kids. And so when they feel overwhelmed, their first thing that they'll say is, I'm bored or I have nothing to play with. And you may walk into this toy room and go, but there's toys everywhere. You've got so many toys. And that is the problem. When there's so many toys and it's spread out everywhere. It's too overwhelming and they can't make a decision as to what to play with. So the next problem with toy clutter is that they're just going to lose interest. If there's too many toys, they're just not even going to bother going into the toy room or playroom to actually look for the toys because there's just too much to choose from. You're probably overwhelmed. And I hear this constantly from clients when I arrive is that where do we want to start? We need to start in the toy room because I'm feeling overwhelmed and I can't even walk in there because I don't even know what to start with. And the other thing is it's quite dangerous. Like even a few weeks ago, I went to one of my clients' house and the daughter was going to go get her dolls to take outside for us to play with and she could not walk through all the Lego. I was like, before we even start, let's start to put these boxes of Lego away so that you can actually get the dolls that are over in the corner. And I'm sure you have had that experience of when you've stood on pieces of Lego and how painful it is. So I suppose it's like looking at why. Why do we have so many toys? Like as a child myself, we didn't have a lot of toys. We had a few dolls. We had a cubby house outside with dolls. We had games. We had some blocks. I don't remember having Lego as a child until my brother came along, but he was seven years younger than me. So, you know, I was 14 when he was probably starting to play with Lego. I do actually, I do remember some Duplo blocks that we did have, but we didn't have a lot of toys. Whereas children these days have a lot more toys. And the reason for this is we have more disposable income. Toys are definitely more affordable than they were years ago in the 80s and 90s. 
And I suppose one of the other things I hear a lot of is that parents are working more. They're working longer hours. And so a way of showing their love is that they buy more toys. Another thing is buying more toys to keep them occupied. So maybe they're working at home and they're doing that part-time and they've got young children there. So by having more toys, they're going to be more entertained for a longer period of time. So I know for my kids, some of their favorite toys were just really small things like it was a hammer set with the pegs and the pegs had to be pushed through. It was the real imagination one. So dress ups they loved. They really enjoyed playing with the Barbie dolls and little figurines that they had because they would then be storytelling. Well, actually, it was one child would be making up the story and the other one would just follow the lead. They did enjoy Lego and that's still a favourite. And of course, they loved playing games and they really enjoyed craft. So ways to reduce toy clutter. The one number one tip that I have that helped us to not have too many toys in our home was we were part of a toy library. So when we lived in Melbourne and my children were quite young, I was part of a toy library and I would hire the really big toys, especially when they were babies, because we didn't want to have them in our home. And then, you know, 12 months later, they're not interested and you've got to get rid of them. They also lost interest in them over a month. So it was a great way you'd have that toy for two to three weeks and then you'd take it back and even take them along and they would choose something else to bring home. So I really, really recommend toy libraries. And then when we moved to Geelong, I was part of the toy library. I was actually the secretary of the toy library. We'd make a limit that it was like you can have one toy, small toy, one big toy each to bring home. And that way it was more manageable for me to be able to keep the pieces together and take them back in a fortnight time when we changed over. There was obviously a time commitment, but I actually really enjoyed going and meeting some other people. I think it might have been once a month that you did duty and my husband would do it. And it also gave you an opportunity to see the toys and see the interest of other people in the toy. So yes, I highly recommend looking up a toy library in your area. Another thing was one in, one out. So when my kids would get something new, it was like, how about we have a look and see if there's anything that we can let go of? So I really highly recommend decluttering before Christmas, before a birthday, when there's going to be an influx of toys. So we would make time the week or two weeks or three weeks before, and we would go through the cupboard and just see, is there anything that maybe you don't play with anymore that maybe we could donate to somebody else who would really like to play with this? Another great time is during school holidays because the kids are there and can also help you. But not only that, it's the they've forgotten about toys and then they're like, oh, I want to play with this. And they keep it out then by going through it, especially once they start school. You find that they don't play with toys as much, but during school holidays is a great time to get those toys out. Have a look. What don't we need anymore? And interests change quite regularly with children and you probably don't realize, oh, they've already gone past this now. We've moved on from dolls. We're actually now more into Barbie dolls or we've gone past the trains. We're into small cars now. You may also notice when they have lost interest in things and it may be then for you, especially when they're younger, to take it away and then see if they've missed it. So I'm not a big one about 
grabbing that and taking it away and donating it straight away, but maybe even just putting it away in a shed or in a roof space, or maybe it's under a bed or a wardrobe that's not being used, but putting it away somewhere and just seeing if whether they've missed it or not. And then maybe in the next declutter, you might be like, actually, they've not even asked for this back. It can now be moved on. And my other last way to reduce toy clutter is storage solutions that create boundaries. So if you have a box, for example, I'm thinking of a client right now and we have this gray boxes. I think she got them from Kmart originally and they have lids on them. That is her boundary for her Duplo blocks. If they get more Duplo, then we're going to have to create a bigger boundary area and that's not what we want. So it's like reducing what's in there. What is it that they don't need anymore? Same with dolls and dolls clothes and pieces like that. Horses, like little ponies, my little ponies, giving them that boundary and once that's full, okay, then we need to look at letting some of them go. Which ones don't we play with as much? Which ones are broken as well? I'll find in kids' toys, there'll be a lot of broken bits and pieces and just having that time to get rid of those then also helps us to then contain it. Now, how do we get kids to help? So my best thing is obviously doing it when they're around. So holidays, when they're not tired and they're going to make really great decisions Also, kids are really good at making decisions. They're pretty much yes or no. It's actually the parents who find it really hard because they have the other stories in their head, like how much money, who gave that to you? And so they might be like, oh, you should really keep that. Whereas the child's like, no, I don't like that toy. I never play with it anymore. And it's letting go of it. So I do find that working with children is a lot easier at times than actually with parents. So getting your kids to look at what they can give to somebody else and really explaining that, what what the purpose of giving it to somebody else who's maybe a little bit less fortunate, who actually doesn't have toys, really helps to then allow them to let go of some of their toys when they know it's going to somebody else. Selling toys can also be a way of letting them go. And the third thing I really enjoy when you have kids involved is either typing out labels or taking photos of groups of toys that they've put into that storage solution idea. So if it's a box of Barbies, they choose a few Barbies and some clothes and they take the photo of it and then you just print them out and laminate them and put them on the box. That really helps to get them involved. They all love taking photos and they absolutely love making labels, whether it's typed out or on a Dymo label maker. Children really enjoy doing that part of it the process. How do we actually do this? My suggestion is that you need to look at the room. So what is the function of the room? I mean, some people are fortunate enough to have a room that's just devoted to toys. It's like a play space or a toy room, whatever you want to call it. And so then the function might be to be able to have a space to play with some of the games. Maybe it's a space to have craft and then there's an open areas where they could do like Lego and imaginative play. So you need to work out what the function of that room is. Other rooms, it might be that you have some toys and it needs to be contained in one small corner, but those toys can be then 
brought out and taken to a table or into their bedroom to play on the ground. The next thing is how do you want it to feel? Is it that you want it to not feel overwhelming? Number two is I would remove all the rubbish and you'd be surprised how much rubbish you will find in a space where kids have been playing. There might be wrappers, drinks, drink bottles, just things that are broken and that can go straight in the rubbish The best thing about this number two step is that there's no decision to be made. You're just literally getting those things out. So you're not, yes or no, we need to keep it. It's like, no, it just doesn't need to be here. It might be plates and cups in the area as well. Just things, maybe socks and undies and pajamas that might be in there. Those are easy decisions. They just need to be removed. Number three would be then gathering all the toys together. Now, I've worked with clients that have some toys in their bedrooms, and they might have some Lego in their bedroom, some Lego in the playroom, and it's like bringing them all together. Games are another one. There might be some games in a lounge room and then some games in the toy room, but it's about bringing it all together because once we have it all together and we categorize it, we can see how much we have, whereas if it's in other areas, It might be, oh yeah, it looks like we don't have too many here, but actually when you bring it all together, there's a lot more. It's a lot more and you realize, okay, we maybe need to declutter. So once you've gathered all the toys together, then it's categorizing it. And it's great to have kids involved in this area as well as parents. Like I don't like to go to someone's house and just do all this by myself because like you might see on some of the TV shows, I like to have the parents there to help me. Children will play with the different categories together, maybe separately. And it's great to hear that from parents. So for example, like the Ushies might be played with all of the doll's house things. So therefore we could potentially put those category together. Same with um, Monopoly money. Maybe they use that with the kitchen. So you could put those things together. Categorize all the toys and then putting any categories that you find that they play together next to each other as well. Then you're going to declutter the toys that they don't play with anymore or they have too many of. And that's why we've got them together all from throughout the house so that we can see if there's too many. Do we need to reduce some of them? Maybe it's um, selling off some of that because we've got so much Lego that they actually are overwhelmed every time they get that out. I know for my son, when we had too much Lego, we had a huge box of it and he just wouldn't play with it. And I actually reduced it into a really small box for him and I had enough wheels, different parts that he could make things off. So this helped him to re-engage with Lego when it was only a small amount, whereas my daughter loved to have all the pieces so she could have everything there on hand to be able to make things. So just thinking about how can we make this, maybe it's like taking some of the toys away and having them somewhere else and having a rotation system of it. So it might be decluttering it into two groups, but placing one group somewhere else in the house or letting it go or putting it in a shed so that it's not so overwhelming. And as I said before, like definitely getting kids involved because they're going to just say yes and no. Like they're amazing at making decisions. It's the parents that will cloud the decision at times. And we have to be really careful that we're not putting our decision making onto this process. So the next thing to do is decide on the storage solution. I find that some sometimes I come to people's homes and they've already gone out and they've purchased all these great storage solutions. But actually, once we declutter the toys, we don't actually need it all. So it's better to declutter so that you've got less to store than you think you do. 
and possibly we can make do with what you've actually got. I love just repurposing things that you have rather than having to go out and get new things. So how do we store all these? Obviously, if you have built-in storage, that's fantastic. And then I just recommend using either clear plastic tubs so that you can see the items, the kids can see the items. You could use those cube inserts instead. But if we need to add storage, I really like using cube units because they can always be repurposed for something else. As your kids get older, they could then be moved into their bedroom to store books so we can repurpose them. The other ones are the IKEA Trofast drawers and also Kmart has a new version of it. The Trofast IKEA ones I definitely recommend. They are so durable but they also hold their value so when you go to resell them because they're still in great condition generally you can sell them on say 10 years later like I did and they still got half of what I paid for them in the first place. These are also really good because you can add parts to it so you might have one little four section and then you might even add a long tall one. The idea of our storage solution is just to make things easy for the kids to access but most importantly is to put away. So if it's not easy, if the clips at the side to open are going to be difficult for them, they're not going to put it away. So we need to make sure that everything is easy for them to get in. Again, that's another reason why those cube units are great because they're quite easy for kids to pull out, put everything in and then even put it back away as well at the end. And it can be sort of smaller categories of things that you fit in there and it's then not so overwhelming when they go to play with it. Again, like I said before, the boundary is creating that boundary of these is how many toys we can store within this little cube of whatever the toy is. So my favorite part is the tips for packing up. The best way for packing up things is gamification. So gamification is when we add rules to the activity that we want the kids to do. So I've got three that I'm going to share with you. And I use all of these three with my own children, but also I've used them in the classroom. Beat the clock is my first one. So you decide on the category to pick up. So just say this is books. So you set a timer and they have to pick up all the items as fast as they can Um, before the timer goes off and you can have a prize if you want you can just have a high five you can have a sticker whatever it is that you need it might be just the fact that it's nice and clean that they can then get the next thing out up to you how you parent around that but that's a great activity that works really well it can be used in the bedroom as well to pick up clothes it could be to pick up rubbish off the floor whatever it is you choose the category Number two game is goal shots. So you decide on, again, on the category to be picked up, but instead of the time, this time they're shooting the items into a box or the basket or the cube insert. And you can then set the distance as well. So they might be, you know, a foot away. And then the next one, you're like, okay, every time you get it in, I'm going to move this box back a little bit. But kids love doing goal shots. That's a great game. Again, that could be used in the bedroom with soft toys or clothes. I've used it. Or it could just be with toys. Obviously, it has to be soft toys. You're not going to be throwing all the cars in. So you'd probably be then using beat the clock instead of goal shots for that particular item or that category. And my final game is the magic item. This is my old time favorite game. So you secretly decide on several magic items that are in the room and they need to pick that up, those three items, magic items. So when the child picks up the magic item, they get 
a prize, whatever it is that you've decided prior to starting the game. So, for example, this is when I play it in the classroom, it's the magic specks of rubbish. So I will say, I've got three magic specks of rubbish. You need to find them. And the person who picks them up is the first to go out to lunchtime. So you could come up with some other idea in your home that that person maybe gets to not have to clear the dishes away that night or a a job maybe that they don't have to do. They clean up and obviously in your head you're like, okay, I want them to pick up at least five things before they'll get a magic one. And then you'll just see when you go, yeah, you got that magic piece they all go, oh, I want another one. And they keep running around trying to find the next one. And obviously you're just picking it once you've seen enough things being picked up off the ground. So that's definitely a great game to play at home. But if you're a teacher and you're listening, uh, you probably already play this or you could try that in your classroom. I'll just go over those tips to get started. So my first thing is looking at the function of the room and how you want it to feel. Step two is remove all the rubbish where there's no decisions need to be made. Step three would be gather all the toys together from everywhere in your house. Step four is categorize all those toys. Step five is declutter the toys that they don't play with or they don't use very often. And then decide on your storage solutions. So how you're going to actually split items, the toys that you've decided to keep. And then finally, put them away into these nice new storage solutions and label them, either visual labels for younger children or at least words, because it's not only about the children putting away, maybe you might put it away or your partner might put them away and therefore they can see where they need to go. So I hope by sharing these ideas to help declutter and organize your toys and how to get your kids involved to help keep the space organized will help you get started before your next influx of toys. I'd love for you to leave a review to help others find the podcast. Thanks for listening to Simply Happy Conversations. Thank you so much for joining me for today's Simply Happy Conversation. If you enjoyed this episode, then I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review. This helps others find it who are also looking for tips and organizational strategies to simplify their life and prioritize their health. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss future episodes. You can also connect with me over at simplyhappy.com.au.